Welcome to CEO. My name is Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right. My guest today is Chris Denny. He is a business owner and author. Attention to detail. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. Great to be here. Thanks so much. I'm glad you're here. Give us some flavor, some background on you and your company, and then I wanted to get into your book. Yeah, great. Thanks. So uh, I do training, corporate training, and then there are online workshops for people to improve attention to detail. And that's typically the pain point is around uh, reducing mistakes and maybe increasing productivity in, in general. Uh, but those, you know, typically when someone calls me, it's because there are, they're either making mistakes as an individual, things they want to they clean up, maybe improve their task accuracy, or it's a manager or talent development professional who wants to improve the productivity of a team or, or an organization. So that's, that's what that company's about. Now, in your book, um, you provide ways that people can be more detail-oriented in their tasks. Let's walk through some of that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, there's, there's uh, the sort of band-aids that you can, you can put on something today, right? You can, depends on the task, but you can look at individual tasks. Um, you know, let's say someone is, a really common one, right, is in office organization, office type setting, people come and they say, hey, there's a lot of communication type of mistakes. It could be emails going out incorrectly. Um, could just be grammar and spelling. So we'll talk about the types of, like how that impacts the, the workforce, the team, and what really matters and what doesn't matter. Because that's that's a part of this too. This isn't about being perfect. It's not about perfection at all. It's about, it's about getting the relevant task right. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, we may, look at training you know what kind of training can we can we work on on specific issues and then we may look at systems I mean for some companies something as simple as Grammarly has been the solution uh, if you're talking about something more complex such as uh, maybe a compliance department then it's going to be a little more complex you know that we're going to get into discussing different types of software maybe processes and procedures we can we can implement and then of course there are behavioral items that we make talk through as well so it's all over the place tell me about your story how you got started yeah sure um it was by accident frankly i uh I, you know I'm, I'm a business owner and, and in about 2010 11 somewhere in that range i had an employee who uh was fantastic tech technically but his attention to detail was lacking and uh, he couldn't produce client-ready work, and so I was looking for some kind of training—a book, a workshop, whatever—to help him. And I couldn't find anything. 2010, um, late 2010, early 2011, the internet was a different place, and I couldn't find anything. So I, I thought, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I can make something. So I got to work on a a worksheet. I didn't know what I was going to make, right? And I quickly learned two things. And the first thing was that it's a way bigger topic than I expected it to be. And the second was that I really enjoyed it. And um, 
I kind of went off the deep end with it, and it became a, a pretty big uh, hobby, distraction, passion. And, um, you know, my wife would even say, what are you doing? Why are you spending all this time on this thing? And um, several years later, okay, six years later, I, I had a system in place, and then and I had been kind of putting articles out there online, just stuff I was learning. And someone called and said, hey, will you come teach us this stuff? And I said, sure. And I put it into a presentation, and it was received really well. And I enjoyed it, and I uh, started doing it. And that's, that's how I started doing workshops and eventually online courses and then the book. Talk to me about the three types of um, attention to detail that you work with. Sure. sure. So that... You know, that's one of the fundamental components. That's that's where you can break up a lot of that confusion around it uh, because it's, it's a little bit of a nebulous topic until you start framing it. So there are three types of attention to detail. There's contrastive, analytical, and additive. Contrastive is, is where you only have one solution. You know, something is red or blue. Two plus two is always four. It's flashing or it's not. It's on or it's off. It's there or it's not. It matches or it doesn't. So analytical is where most of us operate on a day-to-day -day basis. That's where you have multiple possible solutions. We're always working towards contrastive. So in any analytical type of, type of issue, we're always trying to break it down into contrastive elements because you can systematize those and you can pull out that human error component as much as possible and break it down so that less human knowledge is needed and uh, it, you can, well, you can systematize it. And then uh, the next kind is additive. And additive is about creating something new. You know, on the really big end, it's innovation. But it doesn't have to be, you know, the big Steve Jobs type change the world stuff. It can be improving a product or a process, just making something better for the team. Give me some give me some examples of all three types where you've worked with sure. companies and you were able to take what they were doing and optimize it. Sure. Um, let's see here. For typically the contrastive and analytical are going to go together. So we're going to take an analytical situation and break it down as much as possible to make it contrastive. So um, I'll take a really simple example. There was a company that was having a lot of mistakes in their invoicing department. Mm -hmm. And this is where they had a lot of different forms uh, come in. It was an, it was an automotive services company, um, but a pretty big one. And uh, they were having a lot of issues with the invoices from their vendors coming in and those being properly handled and then going out the door and getting paid on time and things getting ordered properly and that sort of thing. So um, the problem was that maybe they had 50 vendors and each vendor had a different type of template. So uh, a lot of the fields weren't getting completed properly. They were being left blank or wrong part numbers. So we, we actually came to a solution for different vendor types and different form types where for some there was a template uh, where you could actually lay it over the invoice and for some there was more like a checklist uh, where the person could put this checklist next to that type of invoice and make sure that they're covering the fields that need to be covered. So whether it's completing it or checking the box or whatever, they, they had a line, you know, you could put the 
you could put the system form right next to the invoice form and it kind of pointed to where it was, but all you had to do was sit next to it. And so it sort of like highlighted it. Um, and that reduced their errors. I don't have the latest numbers on the percentage, but they were raving about it. It was enough that they were, they were thrilled. So uh, there's an example of kind of both of those. Um, with additive, it is, oh, shucks. Let's see, it's typically around small processes, uh, you know, in an office. Um, I Frankly, I haven't done the really big ones yet. Uh, they're innovation experts, and I'll leave those to them. But the um, they're typically a little more general. And it's like while we're working on an analytical thing, people will go, hey, come over here and help us with this other system we're trying to improve. And so we'll take a look at it and... It's really around analyzing, again, breaking down the contrastive elements, what are the opportunities where we can innovate? So, you know, okay, what are you guys doing now? What technology do you have that we can apply? What are other departments doing? What are your competitors doing? Um, what, uh, what systems and software do you already have? And what, you know, maybe what's available? So it's really just about breaking it down. And... You know, frankly, I would love to say that I have magic solutions, but but frankly, once we walk through the system, uh, my clients will come to the conclusion on their own. Got it. Where can we get the book? It's available on Amazon, and you can also get it on my website. Now, the types of businesses that you think would be most appreciative of the talents you bring to the table? Sure. So... Uh, a lot of IT companies reach out to me. Um, companies where the leadership is very uh, detail-oriented and they really care about getting the little things right. Uh, companies that are con that are highly concerned about quality control, especially in the uh, office workspace. So while I've I've worked with the manufacturing areas and the production areas, it's typically people in office-type settings. So it could be clerical, admin. Compliance is a big one. Legal, IT, um, just kind of stepping, stepping through the last chemical, uh, because in so laboratories is is where chemical comes to. So, a lot of settings where you have a lot of factors that need to be right, or you'll either send the product out wrong, and and you know that's expensive from a from a production standpoint, but also from a reputation standpoint. So it tends to be companies that are pretty stressed about reputation, brand, brand identity, and then also just have very expensive products. So mistakes can get really expensive. But then um, there's also the folks who, you know, in the office, they're concerned about those little mistakes that happen every day and, and add up. And, uh, you know, project management companies uh, are, are actually probably 25% of my, my market at this point. It seems to me that startups could really use your help to get them off into the right, because you know the biggest, most expensive mistakes are made in the beginning of a business. I mean, you get some other yeah. ones, some whoppers down the road, but it seems to me that the, the, the fast, or the, the pass fail of a new business would yeah. be getting the systems correctly uh, implemented in the beginning so that then, then you can scale based off of the, the original plan. Am I close? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can speak from experience even, unfortunately. 
uh, you know, one of the biggest mistakes small business owners make is is not thinking enough about the details. They just want to hit the ground running. And and I'm I'm, oh yeah, I hate to say it, but I've done that plenty of times myself. You know, one of my biggest things is is, you know, ready, fire, aim. Where you just got to get going, but you do at some point have to pull back mentally and put those processes into place and really think about how things can be made scalable because it won't always be you doing it or one of your two or three employees. It, it, you need to produce your systems and be looking for opportunities where uh, you can make other people more effective and other processes more effective. So it's, it really is one of the biggest mistakes uh, startups and business owners make. Got it. Chris, thanks for being a guest on today's show. really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I had a great time. I really appreciate it. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and don't forget to download our new CEO Money app on iOS and Android.